You're listening to the Beyond Sundays podcast, where we share stories of God's faithfulness with people just like you. And today, hosting with me is Jeffrey Turner. Hello. Hey, how's it going? I'm swell. How are you? I'm good. Uh, you actually got to preach on I identity did. in Christ for Made for More. Super excited. And then, and then we get to talk on identity today on the podcast. We so. sure do. It's and almost like we planned this. We sort of, kind of did. <laughs> But also, we just realized today that... We <laughs> just realized a minute ago, yeah. That we <laughs> you were preaching on identity on the week that I asked you to help me do this recording, this conversation with Maddie from TikTok, y'all. Yes, her name is Maddie Edwards. Mm-hmm. We stumbled ac- across her TikTok six, nine months, maybe a year ago, uh, and I sent it to you, and she just has an unbelievable testimony of identity and what God did in her supernaturally, and then how he's walked out her finding her identity in Christ. It's its a very, very powerful story. It is, and we will, well, can't wait to get started. So without further ado, let's, let's get to it. Really excited to introduce our listeners to you, Maddie. I'm so thankful you're here joining us uh, in this conversation. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to share what God's done in my life with, with folks. Here's a here's a weird part of the world we live in right now, is you and I feel like we know Maddie know. far better than Maddie knows you and I at any level. <laughs> like I remember stumbling across your TikToks, I don't know, nine months ago maybe, uh, and sharing them with my wife and going, "Hey, this is a cool story. We should at some point we should see if you know we could get her to tell her story." And and then now watching watching all that God has continued to do in you has been has been fun. So it's been. We, we do feel like we know you better than you know us. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting situation that I found myself in. Because I've, I've, there's a couple times that I've seen someone in Walmart or something, and they've been like, oh, hey, like, Maddie, house is a baby. And instead, I'm like, oh, okay, you probably follow me on TikTok, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, all right. Well, maybe tell me a little bit about yourself, because I'm like, you know. Yeah. Well, before we dive into all that, Maddie, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about you? So, super short, um, version of kind of what's happened in, in my life is I was raised in a Christian home, uh, brought up that way. Like I knew who God was and whatnot, but I mean, Satan doesn't care what you know, doesn't care how you're raised. He's going to try to attack in any way that he can. And he started attacking me from a young age in, uh, my identity, which is what we're going to be kind of talking about today. And, um, I ended up believing the lie that I was supposed to have been born a male. And those feelings were so real and so strong um, that I eventually, once I moved out of my house uh, and moved towns, I ended up getting on hormones to transition. Uh, And I was on hormones for about three years. And then uh, I had an encounter with Christ and accepted the love that he had for me. And um, when I did that, whenever, because he has love for everybody, but you can reject it or you can accept it. And once I accepted it, my whole life just like completely turned upside down and it was hard and scary at first, but like so worth it. And I, I feel more comfortable as myself now than I ever have in my entire life. Like when I was, even though I have a deep voice and anytime that I'm on the phone with somebody, I get, thank you, sir. Or like, you know, that type of thing. I still feel more confident as a female than I've ever felt. Um, and that's all, all due to him, you know? What did, what did that encounter with Christ look like? Funniest part of that encounter with Christ is that I was in a pot grow house. So they were growing weed and I was picking the water leaves off of these marijuana plants. And I was, I just started praying while I was in there. And uh, at first I was praying and like thanking God for my family situation. 
because when I started my transition and actually started hormones, <clears throat> me and my family kind of split off. Like we were not uh, communicating a lot. Uh, and, but, but about two and a half years after that, my great grandma had passed away and I was really, really close with her whenever I was younger. So it really took a toll, but I, Obviously, I went to her funeral and stuff because I wasn't going to miss that. And whenever I went to that, my grandparents kind of got back in touch with me. And then after that, my uh, mom and them started to started to get in touch with me again as well. So after all of that happened, we had kind of rekindled our relationship. And so I was thanking God for this relationship that we had started to rekindle. And I was like, how did that happen? And I asked God, I was like, how did it go from me not being allowed to be around my siblings, me not communicating with anyone, them always bashing me about like the fact that I looked like a guy or that it, all that stuff. How did it go from that to now? They never mentioned my voice. They hadn't heard me like speaking since I had left and moved cities. And when I came back, my voice was different. And like, I was throwing facial hair and stuff. I would shave before I went around them just to out of respect because I didn't want them to like freak out or whatever. But they never brought up my voice. They never brought up my clothing choices, anything like that. And so I was like, how did it go from all of that to now they're just completely just welcoming me into their home. And I, I really believe that it's like, it's like I heard the word. It's like I heard God speak and say, I gave them the spirit of love. And I have that same spirit of love for you. If you would stop running from it. And in hearing this, in the Holy Spirit speaking this to me, like it really felt like that's what was said. Like it was an internal conscious thing that wasn't my conscience, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever experienced that, but like it was, it was wild. And my, that from that point on my life completely flipped. I knew that I was going to break off my engagement with my fiance. I knew I was going to do transition. Like I knew I was going to do it, but I didn't know how to do it. Cause that was a scary, hard thing <laughs> in my head. Cause that's all I had been working towards and knowing and like, I was so excited whenever I was getting these changes and I was so excited to start this life with this woman. And like, yeah, it's, but you know, God's got a transformation and, and change and, you know, so. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing just the, the, the way that God was able to speak to you in that place, even in that dark place, right? In a girl yeah. house. <laughs> right. I was like, he ain't, escape. he ain't afraid of nowhere. Okay. Yeah, he's not. And I, I wanted to know, you tell a story about one particular time when you were struggling with your mental health, which we know in our culture is a is a big deal. Like tons of people, lots of people struggle with mental health and um, just anxiety and depression and all of those kinds of things and suicidal thoughts and just a lot. Like we know that we are at war in our minds, right? Oh. And so um, you tell a story about a time that you were in a clinic and oh. it was like God was trying to get your attention and um, he spoke through someone to you and it was yeah. loud and clear. Would you mind sharing that story? <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Okay, so uh, yeah, there was a, a point in my life when I had ended up in a uh, mental hospital. This was actually after I had come back to Christ. Okay, but I was really, really struggling because you know I was losing. I, 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 I don't want to say losing because like I know God has her still, and like He has a plan for her life as well. But at the time, I felt like I was losing this person and that 
And I, I kind of had a savior complex whenever I when I came to Christ because I was like, oh, like I want to share this with everybody, and every, I, I need everybody to like come to Christ the same way that I did. And so I was, I felt like I could change people, yeah. and I can. You know, you can't, I can't, no human can. He can use us sometimes for certain things, but we can't just be like, oh, I'm going to save this person and it works. It doesn't work like that. Anyways, but so I felt like I was losing this person. Um, I was having to change a lot of things that I was originally, like that I had walked in for so long. And uh, so anyways, I was, I was struggling a lot mentally and, and Satan was really attacking me because he didn't like what I was doing. And uh, so anyways, I ended up in this mental hospital and I was in there for some suicidal ideation type situations. Um, and I had been self-harming since I was, I think I was 11. Yeah, I was about 11 years old whenever I started self-harming. And I didn't stop until I think I was 23. Wow. Or 20, yeah, 23, I think. Or the very beginning of 24, one of those, either way. Um but so I woke up one morning while I was in there and I was just not feeling great. I was having a, a hard time. I don't know why there wasn't like a specific trigger. I just woke up and I was thinking about self-harm. It's literally an addiction. Like, I don't think people understand that. Like, it's like if someone's on Coke and they wake up in the morning and they crave Coke, like that's kind of the same situation. Like I was just really thinking about it and felt like I needed to do that. And, uh, I sat down next to this lady in the little common room. So walked out of my room, went and sat in there. And she was sitting next to me and she looked over and she was like, hey, Maddie. And I was like, what's up? And she was like, I'm going to open my Bible. And whatever, you know, verse or chapter I land on, whatever I start reading is what God has for us for the day. And she opened up her Bible and it's Deuteronomy. I think it's six or nine. Hold on. I had it working, I think. But it literally says, you are children of the Lord your God, do not cut yourselves. Wow. Like, those are the literal words that the verse says. And I was like, okay, God, I hear you, loud and clear. Like, <laughs> literally, and that's not the context in which, obviously, that it's talking about in the Bible. Right. But I do believe that the Word of God is the living Word of God, and that He can, oh, okay, it's Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse one gotcha. or the first part of verse one. But yeah, I, I believe the words, word of God is the living word of God that he can speak to you through it. Regardless of context, context is important for figuring out theology and things like that. And like what your core beliefs are and like why things were happening the way that they were. But I do believe that he can speak to you outside of those. So you'd felt like transitioning to a male would have really kind of affirmed some identity stuff in you. Was there, how, how kind of quickly in that process, I mean, was there a time, I guess, that probably you felt like it was, it was affirming who you had been and was it oh. just finding Jesus that, that began to shift that for you or were you, were you kind of starting to wrestle with identity stuff even before then or? No. So, uh, yeah, I, once I started hormones, like immediate gender dysphoria alleviation stuff started happening. Like when, as when my voice started cracking and my voice started getting deeper because before testosterone, I would already pass as male in public just because I had short hair and I really did not have much of a chest at the time. Plus I wore a binder. So like you couldn't see anything. Um, so I, and I, you know, I didn't shave my legs or armpits or anything like that. Like I was really passing before testosterone, but the second I talked, they were like, Oh, 
sorry, ma'am. Like they would call me a boy or whatever, or a guy. And then I would talk and they'd be like, Oh, sorry. Like I meant ma'am, you know, and I'm like, Oh, so it was really started to affirm the gender identity that I, I thought that I was supposed to be, uh, just immediately once I started feeling those changes. And then also it was like easier to build muscle when you're on testosterone, um, my energy levels were up. So it is really euphoric being on testosterone. Like y'all are, y'all are kind of lucky. Okay. You, got to, <laughs> you get a little bit more energy. You, get, you can build your muscle faster. Like it's, it was euphoric to be on testosterone and, and it was the changes that were happening were felt like they were supposed to have been happening a long time ago. So I was super excited uh, when my voice started to change. I was getting body hair. When my facial hair started to come in, like I documented like, out when when it started and how far it had come and like all that type of stuff and it was I was really it really helps me at the time before I knew who Christ was like and I I say this to people sometimes and I'm starting to th- like so transitioning was the right decision for my flesh but as a Christian like I'm not called to live according to the flesh and to the desires of the flesh. And it's not just, and, and that self-denial has to happen, but the closer I get with Christ, the less that feels like the right decision. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't, yeah. I'm not like, cause people say that I'm, there's some people that say that I'm like denying who I really am and that I really am trans and I just need to live that and embrace that. And I'm like, no, like that's that's for the for my flesh that was the right decision, but I'm not called to live to, by the flesh. And yeah, the closer yeah. I get to Christ, the less I want to live in my flesh. That's good. Like, that doesn't feel right to me anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, Romans eight six says that you know the mind governed by the flesh leads to death. Like that's what <laughs> it leads to, and yeah. the mind governed by the spirit leads to life and peace. And that's what we're all searching for ultimately. Every human on the face of the planet wants life and peace, but it's where we're seeking and searching for that identity and for, you know, affirmation and confirmation and encouragement and purpose. I mean, that's, it's where we're looking and where we're seeking. And that's where people get confused. That's where the confusion lies is when we're not you know, seeking the answer from the one who created us, right? Yeah. And so in the culture, like in, in general, all across the world, everyone's searching for identity and meaning and purpose in life. We all want to know there's a reason why we're here. But the problem is where people end up looking for that. And I mean, we all have personal testimonies of where we have looked for identity and purpose and meaning in our lives until we learned that it wasn't worth it. Like it wasn't ultimately could not be found. Life and peace could not be found in those things. And so there's tons of ways that people look for identity. I mean, in in accomplishments and in money, in family and friends and, you know, socioeconomic, socioeconomic status. I mean, there's just lots of places that people look for that, but ultimately it doesn't lead to life and peace. God wants life and peace for us. And his love is so vast and so big and so wide. I mean, can we really comprehend? We can't, but it's there, yeah. but it's there. And you you were able to experience that. I mean, he called you his own and brought you out of darkness into, mar- into his marvelous light. And, um, and he, now you're able to, you know, 
be a marvelous light in this dark world. And so um, thank you for sharing that part of your of your story and your testimony. Do you have another question yeah, so regarding that real what, quick? What kind on? of the, I, how then did identity stuff shift for you after finding Jesus? So after coming to Christ and not just finding him and knowing about him, but building a relationship with him. Yeah. Because I, again, I was I was raised in a Christian home. Like I knew about about God and about Jesus and like what He did, but I didn't have a relationship with Him, and I wasn't accepting His love. Like the, that's a big key part to it too. Like you have to accept the love that He has for you and like build that relationship. And once I started to build that relationship with Him, I started to see myself through more of a God lens instead of a societal lens or through my own self. And I mean, you can, mine was a different situation, like with the the transitioning type stuff, but even a a girl or a boy who like looks at themselves and they, they don't like what they see, like they're not pretty enough or they're not fit enough, or they're not any of these like X, Y, Z, fill in the blank, like anything that you're looking at yourself and you're like, Oh, like, I don't like that. I mean, maybe, maybe the fit thing, like you, you know, you, your body's a temple. You do want to like, but you know, just a natural attribute that you're born with. And you're like, Oh, like I hate that. Or I don't like that. Or, but the more you look at your, who you are through a God lens, like that's how you were created. And and you have to kind of combat the truth with, or the lies with the truth, you know, like <clears throat> you say that you're, you're, you've been abandoned or whatever. Well, you're adopted into sonship. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got to really get into the word. And and when you get into the word, you're able to figure out what the lie or what the truth is so that you can combat the truth with lies or the lies with truth. Um, Same with, I mean, when Jesus was was on the, the mountaintop and Satan was tempting Jesus, like Satan was using scripture to tempt Jesus, but Jesus knew that those, that that scripture was not in, in context with what, really was happening. And so he was able to combat the lies with the truth of scripture. And I feel like we can learn a lot from that, you know, because that's one of the big times that we can actually see Jesus like struggling in, in, in that situation. And so it's, it's encouraging to know that, Hey, he struggled and he used scripture to combat these lies. And we can do that same thing because we have scripture that we can look at every day to, to be able to. So, yeah, that's, that's how, as far as identity, I stopped looking at myself through my lens. I mean, don't get me wrong. I slip up sometimes. And like, you know, I, I'll, I'll look at myself and be like, oh, like, you know, I'm never going to be a pretty enough or whatever. But, you know, that's thoughts fleeting because I know that those are lies and that those are just lies from the devil. But when when I look at myself through, because pre, during transition and even pre-transition, my identity lied a lot and like, how everyone else perceived me. Like I wanted to pass so bad. I did not want anyone to think that I was a girl. Like I wanted to be able to go in public and then to just know that I was a guy. I didn't want. And so my, whenever I was being perceived, like that's how I, my identity was aligned or whatever. But now that I know who Christ is, like, again, I'm just seeing myself through more of a God lens and it's really been Super great. And if, if I were to, if I would have been detransitioning just because I felt like I made the wrong decision and I didn't know Christ, but I was still te- detransitioning, I would not be as happy as I am right now. Like, cause people, I mean, 
that I get some not so great comments and then people who don't even, and I'm not just talking about on TikTok, but I mean like in real life, like <laughs> people saying stuff about my voice or the, like how I look or like sometimes I don't pluck, have time to pluck my face every morning. So like it's that, you know, so, but, and if I didn't have that, that Christ relate that relationship with Christ and that God, God lens to look through, like, I would really be down on myself a lot because mm-hmm. I do sound like a dude and I do grow a beard. So like, but I, you know, I don't because I know who he says that I am and that's all that matters. What are some of those, um, those like statements and those declarations that he's really been speaking over you since you've c- come back in relationship with him? Like, what has he been speaking? Like, as far as identity, what has he been saying and speaking over you? Specifically to to me, just because of the the context of my situation, it's really been the I, I you know I formed you together in your mother's womb. Like I I knew who you were before you even were. Like that one is really what he's been speaking over me because it's like who I am right now. This the woman that I am right now is who he was creating me to be. Like there was nothing that he messed up on when I was in the womb that that. I needed to ch- change or fix. And so that's, that's a very big one that, that he has, so, that, I, that I've worked through with him as well. Yeah. And I've heard you say before you, um, that you were born a girl. How did you say that? You were born a, go- a girl. You identified as a? As I identified as a trans man and I identified as a man and now I identify as a child of God. So that's a good one. (laughs) Here, here, here was the truth. Here's the lie, but here's the truth. (laughs) There you go. That's exactly right. And I know we're going to keep going into some of the questions and stuff you have, but we didn't tell the end of your story either. Now you actually have a baby girl. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Which she is how old? She's seven months. Seven months. Yeah, which is wild. All the time she wants to be because she's at that stage where she can't crawl yet, but she still wants to get around to do things because she's yeah. so aware, so curious. So I have to be like constantly moving her around because she's like, "Mom, I don't want to be here very long." Like you know, so she's she's working on crawling, but she can she can go backwards, but she can't go forwards. <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I'm just curious yeah. now that we're on this topic. Um, you mentioned that scripture about I created you in in your inmost being. I knit you together in your mother's womb. How profound was it for you to carry your daughter in your womb? And was, what was God doing in that process, in that journey of the nine months you carried her to your heart, you know? <laughs> the Something that I hadn't thought about until I was actually in that position was when he's talking about knitting me together in your mother's womb, like, I felt so close to God because, I mean, he's with us all the time and he's omnipresent and he's here, but knowing that in scripture he says that he knits us together in our mother's womb and then i was he was literally working on her in me for for 10 months it was 10 months she was stubborn oh man wow <laughs> 21 weeks and 3 days okay or 41 weeks and 3 days wow yeah um but anyways it was just like i felt so close to him because of that situation like i knew that he was knitting her together in my exactly how he wanted her to be in anyways it was just that that was that was such a crazy experience to like have that thought of like yeah he's always here and he's always working but like it's different when it's like inside of you you know what i'm saying yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, you're feeling that verse at a different level. Yeah, yeah. Because he totally is knitting her together in your womb. So it's neat. Yeah, yeah. It was wild to think about. So I got one more question regarding your daughter. Now that you have a, a baby girl and, you know, you're you're doing all that you can as her mother to grow her up, you know, help her make those mile markers, to be able to crawl and, you know, eat certain foods and do all the things, you know, to grow. Because that's what parents yeah. want their children to do is to grow in maturity and stature and physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, I mean, all the things. We want our children to grow. And so as you're thinking about your daughter, what are some things that you're praying over her right now and the things that you're like that you already that maybe God is speaking on her about her to you? Um, one of the big ones is that she will have a sound mind because that's that's where a lot of the the a lot of things that are that end up being negative things start is in your mind. Yeah. Because you know what what you start to do on or what you every most actions start with the thought. You know, and yeah. it's like think about it and think about it more, and then you end up Absolutely. doing it. Absolutely. Yep. Um, that's that's one of the big things that I'm praying over her, but also just that she'll she's she's sympathetic and empathetic to others and like knows not only the truth but how to speak truth in love. And that like I'll I pray over her little feet at night and I'm like, you know, I pray that you know these feet will walk her where she needs to go and that her little hands will will uh do the works that you have her called to do and that her head, you know, that her mind will be. So I, I, those are the things that I pray over her usually daily. Sometimes I forget, but I try. That's awesome. I love that. That is awesome. Um, you mentioned that your feelings back then, like the, the way that you felt were so real Yeah. that it was, that that's what you were basing Every, all, all your decisions were coming from those feelings because those feelings yes. felt so real. And so even if someone were to approach you and say a family member or somebody else were to, to talk to you about the difference between what you were believing, what you're feeling and the truth, that wasn't coming forward. That wasn't able to penetrate. Can you talk about those feelings and how they really like just blinded, you know, blind, blinded you from that reality and that truth and what it was that actually helped you to see? The truth. Yes. So um, not only were the feelings super real, but I had felt them for a long time. Like, and so I think that helped them feel even more real because it's just something that I had just felt forever. Um, way before I knew what the word transgender was, I remember, I vividly remember going to sleep on the top bunk in my grandparents' house. And before I would go to bed, I would pray that I would wake up um, the next morning fully as as the other gender, that I would wake up as a boy. And that not only would I wake up as a boy, but no one would ever remember that I was a girl. I would just wake up a boy and that would just be that because that's how I feel like I should have been. And I wasn't. And I remember praying these prayers. And um, when that obviously wasn't working, I, I had heard of intersex at some point or uh, I don't know. There's other words for it, but like where you're born with like the male chromosomes, but also the other parts of, of the other gender or whatever, like you're born with both super rare. Um, but it is an exception to the rule, I guess. Like, um, but once, once I wasn't waking up as a boy, I, and I had heard of what intersex was, I was like, 
I just hope I'm intersex. Like I've got to be like, there's no way that I'm not because this, something's not working. I was like, I, I need there to be a scientific explanation for why I feel this way. And I never found that scientific explanation because there's not a scientific explanation. It is a mental illness that people struggle with. Um, and the only, the only treatment they found for said mental illness is uh, transitioning, which that's a whole nother thing, but like it doesn't lower the suicide rates of people that are transgender. Like whereas transgender suicide rates are high all around after surgeries and hormones, that doesn't decrease the risk after surgeries. Actually, I think it's 10 years post surgery. They're at higher risk for suicide. Um, so it's at the time it feels like that's what needs to happen or like that's what's supposed to happen. But yeah. So back to the racial question, like, I felt all these things for so long. It just felt like that's who I was supposed to be. Like there wasn't any other way around, around it. Um, there were periods where I wouldn't struggle with, uh, dysphoria as much. Again, I didn't know what the word dysphoria was. I didn't know what transgender was, but looking back now, I'm like, yeah, that's what they would classify as dysphoria. If, if I would have had, um, uh, you know, maybe more liberal parents who were super progressive, I would have been, on puberty blockers and hormones whenever I was a kid. No yeah. question about it. Yeah, because you said this kind of all started at 11, right? Or was it earlier than that? Pro- it was earlier than that. 11 is when I started self-harming. Okay. Like physically hurting myself and stuff. Um, but earlier than that is when, I mean, my first crush, and this isn't like the gender thing, but I think it might have had a little bit to do with it at some point. But my first crush was on a tall blonde senior, and I was in first grade. <laughs> so, and the blonde senior was a girl, not a guy. So that, like, things like that had been happening since I was really young. Like, I, again, and I won't tell you an actual age because I don't remember for sure, but I know that I was young. Yeah. The grade I remember because that was the last year I went to that school. I started homeschooling after that. So, mm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's they felt so real and they were so strong and uh, I just I knew that that's who I was because Satan is a master deceiver. Like he's not gonna ha- like halfway do it. Like he's gonna go all in if he sees something that works. And in my case, the identity and the how I was feeling like it just really worked for him. And he found that in and he really, really harped in on it. And I would watch these videos of before I started testosterone, I would watch these videos of females who had gone on testosterone and like showing their progress with it and how their voice changed or how their body fat started redistributing. Um, I never super had a, I never had a super feminine figure anyways, so that didn't, like, affect me as much as it did some people. But I was so excited for all these changes and all these things that I felt like had should have already happened. Like, I should have hit male puberty instead of female puberty. Like, all these things. And, I mean, yeah, that's just, that's, that's, they were so real. Yeah, the deception was real, real. Yeah, yeah, for real, for real. Like, I was... It's like, what's that, like Stockholm Syndrome or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, but like with the devil. <laughs> Where it's like, you you know, and I mean, these things, if you really think about it, like believing you're transgender and feeling like you're transgender, like 
literal torture. Yeah, that would be. But I kept going back to it because it felt so real. Like that's what I stuck with, even though it was, it felt like a literal version of hell to win. I would shower in the dark sometimes because I had so much dysphoria happening. I, wow. I didn't want to see myself or I like, yeah, it, it was, it was rough. It was, it was bad. And, but even, even if you don't believe, even if someone doesn't believe in God and they're like, Oh, like, you know, you need to be, you, you need to be who you want to be, who you are and like who you are inside. That's it's still such torture. Well, why would anyone want someone to live through that? I don't understand it. Yeah. Like, well, and, and I, there are some transgender individuals who do believe that it's a mental illness and they're like, Oh, well, if I could take a pill and not feel transgender anymore, I would do it. Um, so there are people that, that, that feel like that as well. But I mean, I guess the pills, Jesus, like, Hey, let's, let's <laughs> accept his love and you start That's to right. feel different. But and ultimately, uh, that's what happened in your story. Like you, you accepted, yeah. you saw Jesus for who He truly is, and it was that yeah. love that penetrated that place of darkness and brought mm. light into that place. You know, not yeah. not condemnation, but mm. but light and life and peace and joy. And now, like you're sharing that message and your story on TikTok. I mean, all the time you're using that platform, and I'm sure other me- social media platforms. To hopefully help other people see that too, right? In their yeah. own stories at some point, at some level. That's what I, that's, that's the only thing that I can hope to do. I mean, cause it's not, it's not, it's nothing about me. I, I am still human. Like I am not on no pedestal. Okay. Like I am still human and I still mess up. I mean, obviously I have a daughter now and I am not married. I don't know if your viewers knew that part, yeah. but I'm, I'm not married and I do have a daughter. Um, it only took two times for that to happen, but it, I mean, he, he, he finds it. That's what I'm saying. He finds something and he sticks with it. I was being, I was in a sexually immoral relationship with a woman. And when I came to Christ, he still was hitting on that, that part of my, like, it was just as bad for me to be or bad. It's, it's just as against God's will for me to be, uh, sleeping with a man outside of marriage as it is for me to be sleeping yeah. with a woman outside. Like, just in general. Like, yeah. so he still came back and attacked me in that same area. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't, that wasn't good for me to, to, to fall for those temptations or whatever. But the difference, I, I, I like to remind people of the difference that like when I was living engaged to a woman and as transgender, I was willingly living in sin every single day. And I didn't quite know God, I didn't know God's love, so so I was comfortable living in that. But once I found God's love, and well, not found it. It's hard. It's always been around. But you know, when I accepted His love, I started to realize like He has such better plans for me, and this isn't it. And yeah. so I need to come out of that. So when I did come out of it, I wasn't living in sin every single day, as far as that specific sin, like an intentional sin, over and over again. Yeah. Um, but then. I did fall into, to, you know, sexual sin again with, with my daughter's dad. And, but the difference is that happened twice. And then me and her dad both were like, okay, we had said that we weren't going to do this unless we got married. And we did. And we prayed and together and asked for forgiveness and asked for strength to not do that again, unless we were married. And that was that. And that was the end of that. And 
now I do have a baby, like there are consequences to your action, but I do believe that like, I do believe wholeheartedly that God is the author of life. And then yeah. if a life started, it's supposed to be there. Yeah. So, so that was a little side tangent, but just for like, that's good. He, he does try to attack you in the same ways. Yeah, he does. It's sometimes he'll try to use the same uh, core, you know, strategy, but he might wrap it with different wrapping paper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So to the person who may be struggling with his or her identity, not just gender dysphoria or, um, you know, those kinds of things, but I'm thinking about people who just are struggling with their, like how God made them, you know, the way that they were made um, and who they are. If to the person who's struggling, what encouragement would you give that person today? Or maybe it's for, maybe we have a listener out there who is, who is, you know, thinking about their child or their friend who's struggling with his or her identity. What encouragement would you give today? Okay. So to the first part of the question, the person who's struggling, um, first of all, relationship, uh, not just going to church on Sunday, but genuinely getting into God's word in building that relationship with him. Because like I said earlier, like the word is the living word of God. It's not just some old texts that are written down. He will speak to you if you're open to it. Um, so that, but also when you're reading scripture, realizing what the truths are in scripture, which is all of scripture, it's all true, but the truths that you can combat the lies with that you're, that you're feeling, whether it be, you know, about your personality, like people say you're annoying or something, you know, like, or, or, something physical like your looks or your gender or whatever like this can be applied to so many different things just combating the lies with the truth of scripture and the truth of who god is so that's what i would say to that um to the person who knows somebody who's struggling and doesn't know what to do um i wish there was a golden thing but what i'm going to tell you is you're nobody's savior so take that burden off of your shoulders because it's not a burden for you to carry. You're nobody's savior. But you can be a light of Christ in their lives. Like I was saying, when my, when my family was like harping on my the way that I looked and, and my appearance and told me that if I didn't quit dressing and acting like a boy, they were going to start beating me like one. Like, I'm not – that type of situation, that's not going to help anything harping on them or saying that that's not how they should be or that it's not going to help anything. Praying, 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 praying. Prayer is our most powerful tool. I truly believe that as believers, that prayer is so powerful and that we need to utilize it way more than we do. Um, But on top of prayer, loving someone despite their sin, not loving their sin, but loving somebody despite of, despite their sin, like that's that will make so much difference in their life because they'll see you. And especially if they already know that you're a believer and they know what your beliefs are, because I was like, I know my family knows this stuff and that they believe this way, but they're still showing me this. They're still loving me in this way. How did that, like, how are they able to do that? And then I, you know, then I came to the conclusions that I came to and I heard God the way that I heard God. And, and so spreading the light and the love of Jesus Christ is going to get you way further than trying to be trying to be their savior and, and trying to show them yourself who, I mean, not that people can't be used by God because they can, but 
at the end of the day, like they're going to have to come to, cause like, it's just like, if you're, if you send an addict to rehab and they don't want to go to rehab, as soon as they get out of rehab, they're going to go back to using. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how long they're in there. They could be in there for three years. If they didn't want to go and they don't, they don't want to get better. They're going to get out of rehab and find the first drug dealer they can find and start using again. So, mm-hmm. I mean, trying, trying to have that God complex and, and being your own savior or someone else's savior, it's, it's just never going to end the way that you would like it to end. So I would just say prayer and just showing love. That's good. All right. It is good. I, I wanted to say, Phil, we're older than you, uh, yeah. I believe, <laughs> and pretty <laughs> confidently. Uh, I just, as a, as a dad of daughters, I, I want to say just how really proud I am of you. I remember first stumbling upon your TikTok, which we should plug it. We will. <laughs> coming, coming home 1964, I think, right? 1624. Say, say 1624. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, I remember seeing it the first time and going, I cannot imagine the scrutiny that this person is going to feel in a dark world that is going after this, uh, going after identity as much as anything else. The the strength to be willing to be hit from all sides. Uh, I mean, even even if it was just on social media, and I know it's not just on there, but yeah. even just there, I cannot imagine. I can't imagine feeling that and still trusting the Lord enough to be willing to share your story, not just once, but like continuing to keep it in front of people because you continually want to point people to the identity piece. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm just really, I'm as a as a dad of girls, I'm proud of you. As a as a person who works in a church, I'm thankful for that. I th- I think that takes that takes a lot of faith and it takes a lot of trust in the heart of the Lord to be willing to open yourself up to uh, just an immense amount of scrutiny. Now I've looked at. I mean, I've, we follow you on TikTok, um, yes. but then I see some of the comments on there and go, I just. I can't, I can't imagine one of those and how it would, you know, at times mess with my brain, much less having them constantly. So I just, I want to say thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's definitely a combating the lies with the, the lies with truth situation for real. Like I'm, I practice what I preach though, like seriously, because there's times when I'll look at something and see something and I'll be like, Oh, maybe they're right. Maybe I should. But then I can go back and I'm like, no, this is what the word says. And the word is true. And that, you know, they were overcome by the word of their testimony. Like, I can't stop sharing this just because. Yeah. I mean, well, who was it? Was it Saul? Was it not Saul? Was it Saul? Who got stoned? And while he was being stoned, he was like, "Forgive them, for they don't they don't know what they do." Stephen. He said, "Stephen, I knew it was an S name." You got the <laughs> yes, that's like. <laughs> he's. I mean. Having that kind of faith is what I strive to have. And with with the first book of the Bible that I read when I came back to, to Christ was Job. And people were like, why would you pick Job? But, I mean, he had everything taken from him. Like, yeah. everything that possible, besides his life, everything got taken from him. And he never cursed God. Like, he cursed the day that he was born. He, he did you know, he didn't, he, he but... He never cursed God and he was always faithful to even though he his friends were telling him that like he had to have done something wrong for this to be happening. And Joe was like, No, I did nothing. Like I don't understand what's happening. I wish there was yeah. a mediator between us and God for us to talk to him. And you know, and that's just, yeah, so anyways, Job's awesome and, and that's the type of faith that I strive to have is no matter what's going on, like I just want to be able to still be faithful and still 
love God and trust God and feel his love. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Maddie. Thank you for the way that you do that so beautifully, I'm sure, in your own community with your friends and family and uh, up there in Oklahoma, but also online and just the way that you're vulnerable and real with your weaknesses, but so that the power of God can be, you know, stronger, right? So that he, he can be glorified through your life. So thank you so, so much yes, for your you. time today. We appreciate you and we're praying for you and your sweet baby girl. Sure. Thank you. One one last thing before I go. Yeah. Uh, the, the TikTok name, the reason that it's math, or coming home 1624 is because like coming home like the prodigal son situation. Yeah. And then 1624 because of Matthew 1624 where he's talking about uh, laying down your life and picking up your cross. Like if you're going to truly follow me. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. I didn't know that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Maddie. Yeah. Thank, thank you, for you so me. much. Wow, that was so good. Such a powerful, powerful testimony. Yeah, I'm so thankful for her vulnerability and just her availability, too. I mean, she's a busy young lady. She's a busy woman. She's got a full-time job and a full-time job and, and a, a seven-month-old. That's right. And, so. a, and a really popular TikTok account yeah. <laughs> to manage as well. And so uh, we'll have links and resources that we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes in case you want to follow Maddie on social media. She's... She's just beautiful, beautiful inside, beautiful outside, and so very thankful for her honesty and, yeah. and her time today to share her story with all of us. It was powerful, and I'm just thankful for the way that God is continuing to uh, use what He's done in her life to bring Him glory. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, it is, I remember the very first time I saw her video about it and going, wow, God. Like, it's just, those are the stories that you f- you forget sometimes when you kind of you know, I've, church world, I work here. So you get kind of used to church world and forget the magnitude of God's power and his transformation. And and so, yeah, we encourage you if if identity and, and even if kind of where she's at, was at is something you wrestle with, we encourage you to reach out to the church. You can reach out to, there's lots of ways you can reach out to us. You can email us, you can comment, you can direct message us on social media. Um, or if you've got a, a friend or family member that maybe you want to wrestle through it with them. Um, we, we know that the body of Christ is better when we do stuff together. And so if, if you've got somebody there that can help you be strong when you feel weak or answer some questions for you, reach out to them. Yeah, and that's, that's something I would say, too, to add to that is, like, when you're coming out of these places where there's been bondage or sin or whatever it is that you've struggled with and wrestled with, when, when you're brought into that place of light and freedom, like, what's done is, is in the past, right? Like, the Word talks about, like, He casts our sin as far as the east is from the west. If we really do think about that, that is infinite. Yeah. The east and the west. It's infinite. That's that image. Yeah. Yeah, That's the image there. Um, But if if we're going to continue to walk in the light as children of the day, there's there's just really, we have to have community around us. Like that is something you have to have. So regardless of what you're walking through right now, regardless of, of where you are in your journey with Jesus, you've got to have people supporting you, like-minded people who are going to um, not tell, always tell you what you want to hear, <laughs> but tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. And so make sure you have godly community around you to lift you up, to encourage you, to be that, um, just that light for you, to, to lift your arms when you need to be lifted, you know, and help carry you through those those seasons of doubt or worry or insecurity or whatever it is um, that might be happening. And yeah, it's just really important to have a plan. For, for sure. sure. 
All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to the Beyond Sundays podcast. We hope you guys have an amazing day. And remember, God is always moving and he's moving in your life too. Beyond Sundays.